Previously, previously, on WIA National News. 2011. The Australian Communications and Media Authority has enhanced the radio quiet protections for the Midwest Radio Quiet Zone, or RQZ, in remote Western Australia, near Bellardi Station, around 200 kilometres east of Mekathara. The RQZ was established in 2005 to provide an environment that protects highly sensitive equipment used for radio astronomy from unwanted telecommunication signals. 2015. As part of the VK100 commemorations, the special call sign VI4 Anzac will be activated in far north Queensland from the 15th of August until the 21st of August 2015. VP Day, Victory in the Pacific, is celebrated on the 15th of August. This date commemorates Japan's acceptance of the Allied demand for unconditional surrender. For Australians, it meant that the Second World War was finally over. 2020. I will be putting up the full statistics on how many votes were cast and how many registered to attend the AGM on the news page in the next day or so. This year, the AGM was a very simple affair. There was no business conducted that was not required. The members only had to consider the matters of the previous minutes as well as the audited financial statement and director's report. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet, streaming and text at wia.org.au. Yes, it is the national news for week commencing August 2, 2020. In our umpteenth year of non-stop news from VK1WIA, your isolation station. I'm Graham VK4BB. In this week's news direct from the WIA, Roger Harrison, Robert Broomhead, Peter Klee and Greg Kelly all have news from WIA HQ. Special interest group news from VK3GTV, international news from VK2LAW and contest operational news from VK4SN and VK4FUQ. Speaking of operational news, we learnt this week of a major update to VKSpotter.com. It now has chats for HF 10 metres, 6, 2 and 70, 23 centimetres and above and the ability to turn chat off. Also, you can now have spots for HF, 10 metres and 2.5 millimetres and above. A comprehensive filtering system to allow selection of band and mode, plus much, much more. For further, take a hike to vkspotter.com or even read this week's text edition of the news you can trust here on wia.org.au. Plans are afoot to have this WIA news podcast and text released at 0400 UTC Saturdays. Our IT section is still at work on this, so for those who download automatically from VK7AX's backup site or from the WIAQ backup and Q News site, with thanks to VK4BLP, might I suggest you arrange the download time as 0400 hours UTC Saturdays. Now, if you do replay this news, disturbing info in from our provider who has noticed a huge increase in data transfer from the WIAQ site. Does anybody know who belongs to 124.187.40.133? That one user has consumed more than 24% of data from the website. It appears they may be playing the news directly from the server rather than downloading it and playing it from their own node site. Now, after the AGM and the first board meeting, it was great seeing Lee Moyle elected as vice president of our body. Further news on the AGM is in this edition, thanks to the President and Secretary, and as I said, we'll also hear from AR Magazine Editor-in-Chief and from our webmaster, so keep it here.
Hello, this is Greg with this week's board comment. Last Saturday, on the 25th of July, the WA held its 2020 AGM, which was originally planned to be held in Hobart in May. The AGM was held as a virtual AGM under a time-limited determination from ASIC, the Australian Securities and Investment Commission, which is due to expire in November 2020. A virtual AGM is when members or shareholders of a company do not attend a physical location as traditionally has been the case. The enabling technology worked without a glitch for those members who registered to attend. The formal AGM was followed by an Ask the Board Any Question interactive session, which covered a wide range of topics for more than an hour. I wish to thank all the volunteers involved in the organisation of the meeting and the processing of proxies and the registration of attendees, as well as all the members who attended. The draft minutes of the AGM will be made available on the WL website prior to the end of the, this month. The video record of the AGM and the Q&A session is already available to members on the WI website. If you're unable to attend, I really do suggest it is worthwhile to find the time to watch the video. The AGM constitution requires the positions of President and Vice President to be confirmed at the first board meeting after the AGM. The 2020 board met on Wednesday night via teleconference as usual. I am pleased to announce that Lee Moyle has been appointed Vice President, replacing Aidan Monford, whose two-year directorship term finished at the completion of the AGM. I hope you give Lee every support in his new role. I also advise that I will be continuing in the role as WI President. I'd also wish to thank Aidan for his contribution and wise counsel during his term as Vice President. ACMA has made some important announcements in the last week. Firstly, following a consultation period, ACMA has announced that callsign demarcations for three-letter callsign suffixes will cease, allowing radio amateurs to retain a callsign for life, plus giving the option to foundation licence holders to obtain a three-letter callsign suffix. Foundation callsign holders were unable to utilise some digital modes with a four-character suffix. The other announcement from ACMA was the cessation of the syllabus review panel, as the panel was unable to unanimously agree to minor changes to the Foundation syllabus. The unanimous agreement requirement stems from a rigorous interpretation of the examination services deed between ACMA and ANC, which specifies that the panel must agree rather than the more usual practice of majority consensus. I'd also like to thank all those members and others who contributed to the poll for both of these topics, um, as they have proved very useful in establishing the uh, desires of the amateur cohort. Until next time, this is Greg, VK2GPK. At the AGM held last weekend, the WIA Merit Awards were announced. Awards were made as follows. The Ron Wilkinson Achievement Award went to Kay Wright, VK3FKDW, Silent Key, for outstanding service to the WIA as the Secretary of the Amateur Radio Publications Committee. The WIA Technical Excellence Award went to Rubens Fernandez, VK5 Fox Easy, for his publication of a 3 gigahertz spectrum analyzer, for which he also received the RSGB Ostermeyer Trophy. President's commendations went to David Dufty for his literary contributions about Florence McKenzie's involvement in amateur radio in his book Radio Girl. Tony Mungo, VK2KZ, for leading the organising committee for the 2019 AGM and conference, and to Tony Hutchinson, VK5ZAA, for his contribution to the amateur radio on the International Space Station program. 
The WIA Publications Awards, that is the Al Shawsmith Award, went to Michael Charteris, VK4QS, and the Higginbotham Award went to Dr Harry Edgar, VK6YBZ. Congratulations go out to all of these recipients. This has been WIA Director Peter, VK8ZZ. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, Editor-in-Chief of Amateur Radio Magazine. The page layouts of issue number two are being poured over by our proofreaders. The issue could not go to press this past week, but we anticipate completing proofing corrections and filling a few holes to pass issue number two to the printer this coming week. As promised, I have more news on what's in the issue. In board comment, President Greg Kelly, VK2GBK, provides a review of the past interesting year. WIA historian Peter Wolfen, VK3RV, completes part two on call books, their continuing value. Our VHF UHF columnist David Minchin, VK5KK, provides a rundown on the various records knocked down recently, particularly for the millimetre wave bands. This issue we introduce a new reporter for the DX Talk column, Steve Barr, VK3KTT. For the contesters, we have the results of the Ross Hole VHF UHF 2020 contest and the 2019 contest champion results. This has been AR Magazine Editor-in-Chief Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. This is Robert, VK3DN. WIA email address, now self-service. The call sign at WIA email address forwarding service is a member benefit available to all WIA members. The system has now been made self-service. Members can now log in using their Memnet password to view and update their current call sign at WIA email address forwarding or activate a new email address for any amateur call sign currently allocated to them in the ACMA database. The email service is accessible under the For Members drop-down menu on the WIA website. For WIA National News, this is Robert, VK3DN. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. I'm Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, and I've been thinking. There are times when I struggle to compose this segment because there are things that I wish to say, but to put them in words can betray confidences. The importance of trust matters in the way we conduct ourselves, and it becomes especially important when you actually have to speak for others. Mind you, this is an opinion piece from one amateur in regional Queensland, and not the voice of the body who makes it possible. It is through the efforts of the Wireless Institute of Australia that we have this vast network of rebroadcasters to bring a weekly news bulletin to all amateurs in BK land and beyond. It is the volunteers that give their time and station equipment to put the weekly news to air, and behind the scenes the many contributors who get behind their keyboards and microphones that make it all happen. So it is that many people contribute, so that many more can feel a closer involvement in things that matter in amateur radio. Because people do take things seriously and are conscientious, There can be disagreements as to the best way of progressing various things, and no doubt this even happens within the membership of the WIA board. It would be wrong to expect that directors fulfilling their duty to best represent us, the members, would not hold different perspectives on issues. 
It would be tragic if the directors were so unprofessional in their behaviour that they ever resorted to personal abuse. We out here in the ether expect that what we are told by our directors reflects the true position of the board and not a confection, a made-up personal opinion, to impress the listener or the reader. Our directors have a duty, and not simply as a display of trust, but a legal duty to be honest and accurate in what they report to us, the members. Similarly, we may expect the board members to do the jobs to which they are appointed, but there is also the legal requirement that they perform their duties fairly and honestly, and not do anything which is outside the Constitution or is laid down by the corporation's law. So it is with the news that comes out under the name of the WIA. It must be honest and fair with the consequences for those who broadcast material which is false and intended to mislead can be large and life-changing. When material is submitted for broadcast by board members, it is inherent in the process that it will be truthful and accurate. Material from other sources may be further vetted, if it seems the provisions covering the amateur radio broadcasts and other issues might cause harm. Just as there has been attempts to train people, particularly as they undertake construction projects on the safe procedures to follow, there are similar rules that must be followed in putting news in circulation. If you find that something that you have submitted has been edited, please don't be offended. But understand, there are rules that we must follow. I'm Jeff Emery, and that's what I think. How about you? International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, RAC, NZART, Amateur Radio Newsline, and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. We begin this week with news from New Zealand. NZART, the New Zealand National Amateur Radio Society, has published an update on its 60-metre band page, including that the current New Zealand 60-metre trial period, which was due to have been concluded on the 24th of July, has been extended for a further three months until the 24th of October. In Germany, maybe a case of closing the gate after the horse has bolted, but you have to give A-plus to a German ham writer experimenter writing in Haxter.io. He's come up with a COVID-19 ultrasonic distance warning tool which signals optically and acoustically in several stages when the minimum safety distance is undershot. Delta Lima 1 Echo Kilo Mike has used an Arduino Nano R3 and an HCSRO4 ultrasonic sensor. In the United Kingdom, July 2020, Radcom Basics Free to All. With more than 1,000 remote Invigilation Foundation licensed students having passed, the RSGB is making the July edition of Radcom Basics a special free-to-everyone edition. With many radio amateurs worldwide still affected by national lockdown restrictions, Radcom Basics is an opportunity to introduce elements of the hobby to newcomers in bite-sized pieces. In the United States, FCC fines Hobby King nearly $3 million for marketing unauthorised drone transmitters. The FCC contend the drone transmitters do not comply with FCC rules. 
An FCC Enforcement Bureau investigation stemmed in part from a 2017 ARRL complaint that Hobby King was selling drone transmitters that operated on amateur and non-amateur frequencies, in some instances marketing them as amateur radio equipment. The fine affirms the monetary penalty sought in a June 2018 FCC notice of apparent liability, NAL. The FCC said its investigation found that dozens of devices marketed by the company transmitted in unauthorised radio frequency bands and in some cases operated at excessive power levels. Such unlawful transmissions could interfere with key government and public safety services like aviation systems, the FCC said. We have fully considered Hobby King's response, which does not contest any facts and includes only a variety of legal arguments, none of which we find persuasive, the FCC said. We therefore adopt the $2,861,128 forfeiture penalty proposed in the NAL. And wrapping up this week's international news from Mexico on the trail of parasite antennas. From our friends at Amateur Radio Newsline, a story sourced to Reuters suggests these so-called parasite antennas are part of a network in Mexico that authorities say uses cellular sites and other towers to support illegal drug trafficking. Seems drug cartels often install their own antennas on towers amid those legitimate cellular carriers, making use of the space to enable drug traffickers' two-way radio communications. However, when Reuters contacted Mexico's telecom and broadcast regulator, the agency replied that none of the companies under its jurisdiction had filed reports about the existence of any such antennas. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Ham Radio Operational News. It's Contact Sport. I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. Trans-Tasman Low Band Contest. Hi, this is Alan, VK4 Sierra November, with the Trans-Tasman Contest results. This year saw 20 extra logs compared to previous years. The contest was the most enjoyable I've seen for a while. I actually worked over 100 stations in an hour at one stage. A total of 8,846 QSOs were obtained from 97 logs. 1,431 of these were on 160 metres, 6,318 on 80 metres and 1,097 contacts were made on 40 metres. You can read more from the reports and certificates available for download on the WIA website. Winners are as follows. For single-op high power, VK2 Echo Fox Mug with 5,042 points. Single operator low power, VK2 Mike Tango with 4,310 points. For single operator QRP, VK2 Whiskey Yankee with 1,627 points. Multi One was VK4 Hotel Hotel with 5,217 points. And Multi Multi was won by VK4 Kilo Whiskey with 14,404 points. Check logs were received from myself and ZL2 Golf Victor Alpha. Remember the Remembrance Day contest on the 15th and 16th of August. If we have a turnout like we did for the Trans-Tasman, it will be a frantic weekend. Thank you very much for your input and support. This is Alan, VK4, Sierra, November. On air from this weekend is the Oscar Satellite QSO Party. The objective of the AMSAT UK Oscar Satellite QSO Party is to encourage all radio amateurs around the world to get on the air and make contacts for satellites during the Northern Hemisphere summer and runs from 0000 hours GMT on the 1st of August until 2359 hours GMT on the 22nd of September. While points are given per QSO, this isn't a contest. 
but it's hoped it will encourage people to get on the air and enjoy the excitement of making contacts through satellites. RD or Remembrance Day contest will be August 15, 16. The 40th Alara contest will be on again on the last weekend of August, that is Saturday 29th and Sunday 30th. Oceania contest. Voice from 0600 hours UTC Saturday October 3 to 0600 hours UTC Sunday October 4. CW from 0600 hours UTC Saturday October 10 to 0600 hours UTC Sunday October 11. All major Australian contests, rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website. DX Window. August. Philippines. Members of the Ham Society of the Philippines are operating as DZ30SH from Malala City until August the 29th, supporting stay-home activities. QSL via LOTW or EQSL. Finland. Tony, OH1TD is active again from his summer QDH on Corpo Island, EU096, until September. QSL via OH1TD, either direct or via the Bureau. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ Inningham. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1WIA. Hello, I'm Col, VK3GTV, as we kick off another month of Worldwide Special Interest Group News. And first up, it's Amateur TV. The Sydney ATV repeater, located at Lawson in the Blue Mountains, now has a new 23cm digital input using the DVB-T format, in addition to the existing DVB-S input. With thanks to Roger, VK5YYY from the Wyala Amateur Radio Club, for his invaluable assistance. The repeater also has analogue inputs on 6 and 23 centimetres. The output is on 445.50 MHz and can be received on most late model HD set-top boxes that allow manual frequency entry. Reception is possible across the greater Sydney metro area. The repeater is active on Monday and Thursday nights from 7pm with check-ins on the Lawson 147.325 FM plus offset repeater. All are welcome to call in with reports or for help with receiving a TV. The evening's activity is also streamed on the British Amateur TV Club website. Just select any VK2 call sign at the time mentioned to start the stream. Internet Explorer is said to work well. There's a texting option where you can let them know you're watching and to ask questions and they can also reply on camera. The RSGB has uploaded two more 2019 convention lecture videos to its YouTube channel. In the first one, Richard Bannister, G4CDN, talks about 2-metre lono scatter and using digital modes to open up paths that are usually unworkable. The second presentation is by Dean Pesnell from the Solar Dynamics Observatory, who explains more about the observatory and how studying the sun helps us understand the Earth and amateur radio. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. The University of Maine Wireless Sensing Laboratory, or WiseNet Lab, and AMSAT have signed an agreement to collaborate on building and operating MESAT-1, Maine's first small satellite, to be launched in space in the next three years. MESAT-1 is Maine's first CubeSat, one of 18 small research satellites selected by NASA to carry auxiliary payloads into space between 2021-23. It's part of NASA's CubeSat launch initiative that provides opportunities for nano-satellite science and technology payloads built by universities, schools and non-profit organisations to rideshare on space launches. Peter, 2M0SQL, has released Pass Recorder 2.0. 
This software is designed to automate the recording of satellite passes and interfaces with SatPC32. Changes in version 2.0 include support for SatPC32 ISS, improved memory usage, and slight user interface improvements. You can download the software via the link in the text edition of this news segment, available at wia.org.au. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Amateur Old Timers. Hello everyone, this is Clive, VK6CSW, reminding you that the Radio Amateur's Old Timers Club of Australia's August Bulletin goes to air tomorrow. This month, as well as the latest club news, we have four interesting items for you. Measurement changes, Queensland radio station, where the nation learned that World War II was over, is to be saved, magnetic pole reversal, and cycle 25 predictions. Everyone's most welcome to tune in tomorrow and to join in the callbacks afterwards. Now, an important announcement for WA members only. The Tuesday luncheon meetings are planned to resume on August the 11th. Visit the RAOTC website for the latest information. Eastern State listeners are advised that there are now two 20-metre transmissions tomorrow. The first is at 00 hours UTC from Catherine in the Northern Territory, beamed southeast, and the second, an hour later, at 0100 UTC, beamed north from Melbourne. Both transmissions are on 14.150 MHz. Victorian listeners are reminded that at 10am Victorian time, Steve, VK3HK, will be transmitting the bulletin on 40 metres on 7.146 MHz. Broadcast times for WA listeners remain unchanged. Time does not permit me to list all the broadcast times and frequencies throughout Australia, but as well as the regular FM and HF broadcast tomorrow, we now have new transmissions on digital mobile radio, on D-Star and via Echolink. Full details can be found on the RAOTC website. Because of these changes, I would urge all listeners to visit the RAOTC website and check the latest information for your area. If none of the broadcast times suit you, you can download the current audio file from the website at any time as from today. Tune in tomorrow or download the file for the August Bulletin and we look forward to hearing your call sign in the callbacks afterwards. Thanks Clive. Now on to Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio and to Tasmania. And this item from Northern Tasmania Amateur Radio Club comes with an important disclaimer, i.e., Please bear with them as they attempt to bring club life back to normal whilst balancing the need for continuing caution and complying with social distancing requirements. The NTARC Safety Comms team has been asked to provide safety comms at a day ride to be held at Scottsdale on Saturday the 22nd of August. This will be their first event since November 2019. NTARC will be providing base comms, checkpoint and RFID tracking at this event. And that wraps up another week of Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Until next time, stay safe. For WIA National News, I'm Col VK3GTV. Rewind. I'm John Knox, VK4FJRK. Chain Home Radar. Battle of Britain Anniversary. August sees two GB80 special event stations come on the air, marking the critical role that radar played in the Battle of Britain 80 years ago. 
in mid-August 1940, as events unfolded, the radar stations such as Ventor on the Isle of Wight bore the brunt of the initial wave, but stayed on the air to play a vital role. Unlike its modern counterparts, the pioneering chain home radar system operated over HF to VHF 20 to 55 megs. GB80CH, CH for chain home, will be operated from Chelmsford in Essex, which has the most complete surviving radar tower from the Battle of Britain. Originally located at Canewton near the Essex coast, the 360-foot-tall chain home mast was moved to what was Marconi Research Centre in the 1950s in Great Barrow, where it has recently been given listed status. In recent times, it has supported amateur experiments on 160 metres and 472 kilohertz. The BAE Systems Great Baddow Amateur Radio Club, with amateur colleagues in local clubs, will be operating GB80CH across the HF and 6 metre bands. GB80BRS will be operated to commemorate Bordsy Radar Station in Suffolk, which was where radar was developed in the late 1930s and was the location of the world's first operational radar station. Operation will be on 10 metres to 80 metre bands, SSB, CW and FT8. For WIA National News, I'm John Knox, VK4FJRK. Thanks, Noxie. Now, with that, we're out of here. I'm Graham VK4BB. Don't forget to tune in again next week for WIA and the National News Service. And most importantly, if you are relaying this news on your local repeater, make sure you download the news and then play it. Do not play it directly from the website. Unfair. Okay, till next time, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.